Alrighty folks, welcome back to Hurricane West Virginia, home of the Meeks Mountain Trails and the Hurricane 100K Trail Run and Relay coming to you on September 9th, 2023. My name is Matt Young and here to represent our events team of Ashley, Brandon, Hager, Stewarts, Robert and Vanessa and continue this runner profile series with Alondra Moody here today. Super excited to have this lady here on with us and we're going to get into an interview i'm going to have the pleasure of introducing her but if you haven't heard the hurricane 100k coming up on september 9th we have a ten thousand dollar prize purse on the line so two thousand dollars goes to our top lady and our top man one thousand dollars for second and 500 for third plus a thousand dollars to go for our relay teams in three categories they're all ladies are all men and our co-ed category all of that is made possible by our friends, Mayor Scott Edwards and the City of Hurricane as our title sponsor, and the DeMont Tri-County YMCA as our presenting sponsor. We have a whole host of local businesses that have contributed because they love our trails and they are committed 100% to our community. So thank you to all of them. But we have Alondra Moody here, and I'm about to introduce her. And this is going to take a little while, okay? So just bear bear with me. I'm embarrassing her already. So she is a 46-year-old mother of four that currently works as a physical therapy assistant. She's also a personal trainer and running coach, primarily focused on ultra runners. She also has a degree in English. So that means she can probably speak and write like an adult, which is a skill that I wish I had. Originally from California, she's lived in Tennessee since she was six years old, now makes her home in Knoxville. Alondra is an ambassador for ExoScan and runs for her local running store, The Long Haul. So shout out to all of our local running shops out there. She runs almost exclusively on trails and has 60 races on her ultrasonic resume. Speaking of resume, this is quite impressive and long. Most notably, not just finishes, but wins for the ladies at the Iron Mountain, Iron Mountain 40 miler three times Chattanooga Mountain Stage Race, the Music City Trail Ultra twice, Cumberland Plateau Stage Race twice, the Black Toe 12-hour run twice, love those 12 hours, the Breaks in Virginia Notoriously Hard Race, Yamacraw 50K twice, the Norris Dam Hard Trail Race, you have to say that real slow, four times, the Georgia Jewel 50-miler Savage Gulf Marathon twice, the Cumberland Trail Marathon 50K twice, and the Georgia Sky to Summit. She has finished the granddaddy of them all, Western States 100 miler in 2017, has five Hellgate 100K finishes, another tough race. And get this, she has outright wins at both the No Business 100 and one of her wins at the Norris Dam Hard Trail Race was outright where she beat not only the ladies, but all the boys. Alondra set FKTs for the Scar, Pitchell, and Foothills Trails and last year, she ran the Highland Sky 40-miler, the one that's near and dear, my all-time favorite race where we cross paths. I counted up 41 wins, 10 additional podium finishes, and with 60 finishes to her name, that is more than that, most likely. 60 finishes on ultra sign-up, that means she's on the podium 85% of the time. She's done all of this in the past 10 years because she didn't start running until she was a ripe old age of 36, also working and raising a family. So Alondra Moody, you are quite an impressive lady and a tough mother runner. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. That was quite an introduction. It makes me feel old though. Well, you're not, you know, I mean, look, you've done all that in the past 10 years. It's crazy. And, and, you know, it's like, I don't want to embarrass you, but I mean, that's, that's, that is crazy impressive. So I've got, I mean, we, we have a lot, we have a lot to talk about. In this too, but I've got some warm up questions for you to kind of get you into it. Okay. Okay. So these are kind of like a, like a lightning round. We're just going to hit them fast. <laughs> and so currently, I mean, wh what's your nickname? I don't really have a nickname. With a name uh, like Alondra Moody, that kind of is your nickname. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, Big Al, occasionally I get called that, but that's just like really close friends. Okay, so say who who calls you Big Al? What what do your parents call you then? Uh, usually Alondra, and sometimes Kate. My middle name is is uh, K. So okay, sometimes from my blood. 
Well, I told you before we got on camera, I said, Alondra Moody sounds like you could have your own book series. It really does. And I, and I think that this probably in your future, too. So everybody's looking for a nice character name. You've got it. So are you currently missing any toenails? Uh, no, I'm not currently missing any toenails. Have you been missing some in the past? Yes, I have missed some in the past. <laughs> My thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, I've kind of given up. I've never lost them. I have two that I wish I would lose and just start fresh, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Finish this sentence. Three words that describe my running are. Ooh, um, enjoyable, relaxing, and I would say my space. Nice. Awesome. I could, I can identify with each of those. So again, finish this sentence. The best run I've ever had is. Um, probably I would have to say my best actual run would be my no business finish. Um, my favorite run would probably be my scar run. Awesome. So my most embarrassing running moment is. <laughs> um, Probably coming down into um, into the parking lot at the Smokies and it sees very uneven steps and there's a whole group of people coming up and I looked up to say hi and just face planted and like super <laughs> a couple of steps. It was it was very graceful. <laughs> I'm sure nobody got it on camera. That's a good thing, right? If, if they do, it's posted and I've never seen it because it was memorable. <laughs> You've got a lot of friends then. So finish this sentence too. If I wasn't running, I would be crazy, crazy. Right. <laughs> and running has saved me from. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of trouble, probably jail. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of us could probably say that too. You know, it's like, you got to get that energy out <laughs> some, some way. Yeah. Yeah. So all kinds of saving graces to running. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, which character in Napoleon Dynamite do you most identify with? Oh, I knew this was going to come. That was a long time ago, that movie. I can't pick one. I really don't remember it well enough. That was like high school for me. That was a very was long. Yeah. Well, that, I... that long. Well, in our house, it's it's a regular thing. So. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you here. You've got Napoleon dynamite, all right, uh -huh. our central figure. You've got Kip, his older brother. You have yeah. Deb, LaFonda, Pedro. La you don't remember LaFonda? Uh -huh. Kip's girlfriend. Probably, probably Pedro. Yeah. Quiet, I'm unassuming not... and running for office. <laughs> I'm not running for office. <laughs> Well, I wasn't dumb. I mean, you could be, you could be Uncle Rico. You could be Rex from Rex Quando. You could be Summer. You could be Trish. I mean, you know, you just <laughs> name it. <laughs> but I think Pedro's a, is a worthwhile answer there. Everybody loves Pedro, and everybody yeah. would vote for Pedro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so thank you. So that, that's it. So I think you hopefully you're you're warmed up and you're and you're ready to go. And so I've got a, I got a handful of categories here that I want to talk about. And the first is, is kids and family. You know, you're the mother of four and you said all of your kids run and you have one that is running for a division one school. So she's clearly has some, some talent, you know, but a lot of times it's, it's the parents run first and bring their kids into it. But with you only running 10, starting 10 years ago, it sounds like it could have been the other way around. So just talk to it a little bit about your origin for running your kids. And, and you said it's some of your most cherished moments, just talk to us about what that, what that means to you, because the, that running support in the family and doing it together is so, so cool. Um, well, we're definitely a family of runners. My husband also runs. He does not um, race, but he is very fast. I think my kids got their speed from him and their stubbornness from me. Um, I probably started my kids running. My kids, my two older ones played soccer, um, club team, high school, and my oldest daughter didn't actually start running until she was a sophomore in high school. And, um, and she would come out on the trails with me through the soccer season. And she tried out for the cross country team and did really well and made state that year, placed 16th at state. Um, and 
And yeah, so I think, I think they've just always seen me enjoy it. You know, obviously you, you can't run as much as I do without, without loving it. And so um, it's always just been a positive. Um, I tell my, my kids all the time, my youngest is a freshman. She's very, very motivated. And I'm like, sometimes you just got to run for fun. She's always about the workouts and the splits. And I'm like, you know, it, it's got to be fun or you're going to be burned out. And with my kids and with the people I coach, it's like, I want to look at the, at the long, the really long term. Like, um, you know, I see so have seen so many women burn out. Um, and I don't want that for my kids where you just push, push, push all the time and, and you just lose the joy. And so I think my kids have just seen that it's a very joyful thing um, for me. And so, yeah, so my kids have run with me. Um, my two oldest paced me at no business. My daughter paced me for 20 miles. My son paced me the last mile, uh, the last eight miles in. And he was, oh, I don't remember how old he was, maybe 12. And he had no idea how it feels to be, have run 90 miles. And he's like, come on, mom, you can run faster than I mean, just hit <laughs> the kid with a stick. I would have, but I couldn't catch him, but he was, he was relentless. Um, but that was just great. My two younger ones were there also. Um, and all of them have just been out with on the trails with me at different times. My youngest, we're going to go for spring break to the mountains. And she's like, oh, I can't wait to be out on the trails with you, mom. And so that's, you know, that's, just super cool to me. Yeah, man, that hits you in the heart. I mean, that's, uh, I'd love to hear those same words. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, conversation flows just like with your friends, conversation flows. It's easy. It's relaxed. And, uh, and you know, you're out someplace beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. So your no business run was in, in 20 and change. So that was fast. And your, and your son thought you should be going faster at that point, huh? Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. So, um, so, so with that too, you know, you talk about kind of, kind of keeping the joy in it. And I think it is a, I think it's a struggle for people to do sometimes. And so, you know, if, if they're so focused on, because I almost think like, like workouts and structure and joy, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they, they kind of can be, there's a place for those things. So how do you help people find that balance? What's the advice that you give to them? You know, to say, if you, if you want to have fun, you have to what? Um, I think it's give yourself grace. And for the athletes I coach, um, a lot of it is just constant balance. And I think that's actually where the benefit of coaching comes in. You know, if they have a lot going on at work, then I'm going to be like, and they're stressed, they've got family stuff. I'm like, you know what? Let the workout slide for a week, go out, run easy, run fun. And I often say, take it as you feel. If you feel good, pick it up for a little while. If you feel like crap, you know, run a couple miles and call it a day just to have that flexibility. And it might hurt you. Oh, you know, it might hurt your definitive goals. So if they have a race that they have real concrete goals for, then, you know, there's a time that you've got to get the workouts done. You've got to get, you've got to get the work done. But then if it's, more ambiguous. And I'm like, there's definitely times for just letting it slide and letting be letting running be your, your down spot and your relaxation instead of another thing on that, on that have to do list. Another thing that's like, you feel like you're not doing enough kind of thing. So just, just take it easy and have fun, get out there and spend some time, some time running, but just let a little of the structure go. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the people and our millions of listeners and followers that are watching right now, most of them are probably, you know, type A and they're, you know, mm -hmm. successful. And the reason they do this is they find drive and they have determination and discipline. And, and so, you know, so often I just like, man, if I could, if I could tell you what to do, I say run easy. And that means that you're going to walk some. I mean, I think that's probably like a misconception about when we talk about trail runs, like somebody say, I heard you run, whatever. And I said, well, I walked a lot. I mean, a lot. <laughs> so, you know, how do you, how do you communicate that to people? Because if you try to run every step, like, you know, take this hundred K we're doing here, I can run that loop. I could probably run two. I can't run. I can't run six without some walking in there. So how do you help them kind of say it, it's okay and convince them? Cause I struggle to get people to, to believe that, that it's okay. 
Yeah, you know, I just, I you, actually in coaching, I go a lot of off of, you know, rate of perceived exertion. So I'm like, you know, if the hill's steep enough that you're redlining at, at a hike, then you're going to be hiking slower. So just if you're supposed to be running easy, that means you might be taking rest breaks while you walk up the hill. But really, I just, I tell them, you've got a picture keeping your effort that you're doing all day long if you're looking at an ultra. And so if you're running up that hill, and you're like, nope, I can't do this for another seven hours, then you better start walking and be like, okay, I can do this for another seven hours, you know, and just, yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, look at what you're doing up this hill. That's, that's not maintainable, you know, drop it back. That's part of it. And I tell people all the time, I like a race where I can do a lot of hiking. <laughs> I like a hill that's deep enough that I need to hike it. I don't like to like, oh, I really should be running this whole entire hill. <laughs> yeah. You know, we uh, just had that conversation too. I had a race not long ago that had actually some pretty long running sections and I've been doing so much mountain stuff that I'm just not a good sustained runner anymore. You know, it's like, I need to work some on that. It is really, it's kind of two different, two different disciplines. You can do them both, but you've got to be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So most of, most of the people that you coach, I mean, then when you get back to your kids are probably doing this, they're probably not Olympic hopefuls. I don't know, maybe they are, but you know, so if it's recreation and say, look, this, you know, this should be a, a stress outlet, not an input. And yeah. if it's anything other than that, maybe change the mindset on that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, there's, you know, they have big races. And like I said, there's times if, if it's a definitive goal, like now it's time to, you know, you've got to get these, these workouts in. Um, but yeah, in general, let it, let it be your fun spot. And that's going to be the key to, to keeping it going, you know, um, and, and not just running. I also encourage, encourage them to find other things that they can do um, to kind of keep, stay active. I think that's just the key. And, and like you said, workouts and fun aren't mutually exclusive. There's been times when I've told people I coach like, you've put in a really hard block. I think we need to stop coaching for a couple months and you just, because they're so used to seeing something on a schedule. I'm like, you don't, you know, just take time off and, and do what, what feels good. Mountain bike, you know, swim, whatever sounds good. Start climbing um, something else. Because if you, if you are constantly seeing stuff on a schedule for years, I mean, you're just going to, you're just going to lose the joy, I think. So maybe some people don't, but I will. No, I would too. You know, I mean, once you've done it long enough, but that really is how you know that it's good for you. Just like you said, is when you enjoy the training as much as the racing and you really should, that's when you know you've got it. And if you don't figure out how to, how to do that to where it's just as enjoyable for yeah. you, some alone time or some with friends and a balance of those two things. You know, my, my buddies and I, we've got this thing too. We call it, we call it a biscuit run. If we pull up and we're about to meet and go for a run and it's, 37 degrees and raining the miserable conditions sometimes we're just like we're going to tutors <laughs> let's go get a we're going to be we're calling an audible today or we'll do three miles just enough to earn that biscuit and then we yeah. go and being yeah. able to kind of give yourself not take us so serious you know if we have a big race maybe that's different but we did not long ago we all just had an event and we said came up the next week and we're going for a biscuit run. Let's do it. So it's that flexibility, you know, that's what we yeah. do here, but you're Tennessee, you got biscuits down there too. So. <laughs> so, so back, back to your kids, tell, talk about, I mean, have they like your whole family, I'm sure they've crewed you in the past too. What's that like? And, and how are they as crew and, and everything that you do for them? I mean, fun. I mean, share some, you know, just some kind of good experiences for you coming in and seeing them and the boost it is. I got to imagine that is, it is, it is for me, as long as I'm not being a jerk, you know? Um, I, I tend to not take a lot of crew usually. Um, I think the number of times I've been crewed is pretty small, but um, like I said, no business. I definitely, I definitely credit that to being well crewed and um, to my pacers. I had pacers for since from the time it was allowed onto the finish. And um, yeah, you know, just, just seeing them come in. I think it was hard. My husband crewed me at Western States and that was the first time he'd ever been around that kind of setting. Um, he, he crewed me at GDR, which is how I got into Western States. But um, 
I don't think he was prepared for what it looks like when a runner is uh, struggling. And so when the, when they say don't let somebody who loves you crew you, I'd say that's yeah. probably good advice because he was like, oh, man, you look really rough. Oh, you know, are you OK? <laughs> when you just hear that all the time, you're like, yeah, this sucks. And like the whole time he was pacing me, I walked like I didn't run a single step. And then a friend who I run with all the time picked up and started pacing. He's like, let's go. You can run a little bit. You know, that that mental boost of like, oh, yeah, I can run. So, you know, that's kind of a funny story. But um, seeing seeing family when you come into an aid station and and knowing that they're there is is huge. Like I said, the the memories of them pacing me um, at no business is just I, I just remember it very clearly. Um, they've been with me at one of the early loop races and my daughter was talking about it last night and she doesn't remember me running, but she remembers what a fun experience it was. And I'm like, yeah, you don't remember that I ended up like passed out on the bathroom at 80 miles. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh big so deal. Fun. You've done that before. You expect that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's great. And then of course there's a balance because kids track meets are forever. So hopefully all the time I spend at track meets, you know, they they'll come back and, and hopefully they're going to join me at, at your race. So. Yes. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, so it you is. Know, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But if it's not in the middle of her cross country season, she'll be there hopefully pacing me for a loop or two. Oh, I hope so. You know that we've really, so part of the goal of this is that with the loops is that, you know, you're going to get to see your family, you know, five times. And again, at the finish every 10 miles and it it's set up in a bowl. And so it's really, I mean, it's a, it's a festival like atmosphere. We're going to have stuff for the kids and families all day. Our goal is, is for the, for the runners to want to come back for their families to say, mom, you're going back because we had so much fun, you know, spray parks open for them. We've got the Y we believe it's going to be running activities for them all day. And we got bluegrass music, ice cream, pizza, and everybody's welcome to it. So we really want it to be and hanging out and families were there and camping. I mean, it was just, it's a great time. And I love the loop stuff too. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but I hope your family comes. That was one of the questions. So you're expecting them to hopefully come with you and do a little crew and just to be there to enjoy. Yep. Yep. We've already looked at the schedule. My husband has to kind of work late, but I think he can, uh, he can make it up Saturday morning sometime. And then my daughter might come up with me the night before, but yeah, hopefully they were, that's the plan for them to be, to be crewing. And like I said, pacing, and I might even get my youngest son to join me for a loop. He does not love running, but he loves me. So, you know, there's yes. <laughs> Well, my kids love me or I think they do, but they won't run with me anymore. <laughs> but, you know, also if they wanted to, they could do the relay. You know, that would be, that would be awesome too. Imagine putting together a Moody relay team out there. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would, that would be fun. That would be something. So that, that's always an option. I'm glad your family will be here too. Looking, looking forward to that. So so I'm going to kind of switch gears just a little bit, and uh, I'm going to kind of pull up a note here real quick. But yesterday was International Women's Day, and you probably, like me, just got all kinds of stuff in your email about it, um, which I thought was awesome. You know, we we kind of did a post, and and it was part of actually it's Women's History Month, is and yesterday was was the International Women's Day. A lot of coverage, but there was an article that came through, and and I you know I said earlier you're you're I, I called you a tough mother runner, and I have. I have several tough mother runners. My wife is one. She did her first 50 miler at the age of 49. She did her first 60K, which is New York City 60K loops of Central Park, and she had shingles. And we still laugh about that and say she was fueled by shingles. I mean, she, I mean, she just knocked it out because women have this, you know, I mean, just I, I always tell her, so if I was half as tough as you, I would be, I'd be, you know, a force to be reckoned with, but I'm not. So, you know, our, the co-chair of our events committee, Ashley Ellison is another one. She's a tough mother runner that runs and balances family and work and does this stuff and contributes to her community in all kinds of ways. Our second place last year, Fern Jones at the hundred K was breastfeeding her son in between loops. So, you know, and so here's the thing. This article came through and I just wanted to get your your take. on. I'm going to read the title to you. It said female bodies 
just might be built for the challenge of greater distance, as are their minds and their hearts. And then they dig into the science of it. What's your reaction to that headline? Um, I mean, I think I, I think I agree with it. Um, both, both just kind of scientifically. I think when you, when you look at um, the way we're built and uh, I look at it as labor, like the mental part, um, you know, I've, I've gone through labor and talked to women who have, and the men are just like, I cannot imagine doing that for so, so many hours, you know, and, um, and I think running kind of taps into that. But um, also, I think, you know, it tends to even out the longer the distances are as far as finishing times with with men and women, um, you know, top tier men are still generally going to be faster than top tier women, but um, uh, the endurance, um, and I, I'm not sure it you know, all what it is. I know it comes down to fat burning and stores and all that stuff, but um, I definitely think there's a mental ability waking up and taking care of kids. I feel like I'm really, I know some men that struggle way more with the sleeping, sleeping aspect of the really long stuff. That's never been an issue for me. And I'm like, you know, sleepless nights with kids, you just kind of keep going. And, and, uh, but yeah, I think, um, I think women need to embrace that um, and just really appreciate their bodies like in all the ways. Um, I, I think that trail running kind of celebrates strength and that that looks that looks different for different body types. And for women, I think getting that message is is important too. you know, it's possibly different than road running. It's uh, you, it really needs you need to have strength to be out on the trails. And, um, and so I think it's just a really positive message for women to hear that, you know, that you are good out on the trails and you can excel on the trails. And I mean, not that being excellent um, is necessary for them to enjoy it, but for them to, to just know that this is something that whether or not you're top tier or not, um, you know, you can do really well at this and, and get out there and, and have a good time just as much as, just as much as anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, that's really kind of what I'd love for our audience to hear is, is to give the women the confidence that I, I think you're made for it. I really, I really do. I watch them and go, my gosh, you know, I mean, physiologically the, the mental part, and, and I'll kind of, say this, my mom always, she always reminds me that she labored with me for 18 hours. And then she says, well, why do you do this stuff? And where do you get it from? And I said, I get it from you. That's where I get it from. You know, it's like the ability to suffer and endure. I learned, you know, you, you always tell me that you labored with me for 18 hours. And, and so, I mean, the ability to do that, but then also somewhat physiologically, like stronger, stronger trunks and the hips, and, you know, the, the legs and the glutes that we see, I mean, so many times, you know, I think women are just kind of like, my oh, gosh, you're just sturdy and made for it. If you can give birth, you can run trails and you'll do really well at it too. Right. Yeah. 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 So with, with that too, another part of the article was talking about and actually highlighting women and FKTs. And so I, I like looking through it for your name. I was like, hope they talk about a laundry and we'll have something good. But they were, they were saying like some of the challenges about for women doing this is, is a confidence gap, safety on the trails, and then like a, a fear of failure. And, and so, you know, for each of those, now you've got a history of, of success but for, I'm sure that you coach women that you're probably dealing with some of those things. And so what, like, what do you tell them? What advice do you have for them to try and encourage them that they can be confident? There's no fear of failure and that, and the safety thing, we'll talk that, we'll talk about that a little bit separately. Um, the fear of failure, you know, I, I think that if you don't fail at some points, you're probably not trying hard enough. Um, you know, you're, you're going to fail. Um, things, things are going to happen. Some of them are going to be out of your control. Some of them are going to be in your control and, and you need to, um, you might need to make that decision. And I am not one of these, um, DNF or die kind of per, or person, you know, you, you got to finish what you start. I have, I have counseled people on the course, you know, if, if, 
if it's a bad day and you're struggling and it's, you're just going to be putting in 60 miles and it's just going to wear you down for the training that you love and stuff. And you're not invested in the race, you know, there's, there's a place to, to call it. And some people are way more, I've got to get the finish, but you know, I think failure, failure is a part of everything. Um, when my kids don't do well in school, I'm like, well, if you were always doing well in school, you wouldn't really need to do be in school, you know, if, if you already know everything. So if you can always do well at every single race, then you need to do something a little more that you're not going to do as well as I think that's just, if you're not failing, you're probably not growing. I DNF'd Hellgate this year. Um, my first attempt at scar I did with a friend and I called it halfway. The weather was horrible. He went on and finished it. Um, it just, it, it happens, you know, and you learn from it. Hopefully you learn from it. Um, and yeah, mentally it can be hard, but again, it's, it's just like anything else. You just kind of work through that and focus on, on what comes next. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of what happens is when we, we say failure and failure is a, it's a fairly broad term. And I think in this sport, first thing we think of as a, as a DNF, um, but that's not, you know, that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily the case, just like success is, you know, can be defined as, you know, hitting your A goal and success sometimes can be that I did not have it today, but I finished it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so when, when you kind of frame that, even for your runners or the people that you talk to I mean, how can we put, put that success in, in terms that will is broader than just nailing that a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think again, success like that is again, a big picture, you know, am I continuing to progress as a runner? Um, am I hitting my goals as far as being consistent? I'm big on consistency, sometimes easier said than done. Um, but sometimes, yeah, you, you don't look at the time goals, but you're like, okay, did you, are you proud of the race you you've won? You know, some of personally, some of my runs that I'm most proud of are not the runs that look good on paper for sure. Um, and so, you know, it's you, and you only know that personally, a lot of times you only know if you were making the hard decisions, um, to stay strong or to take more time at an aid station. Um, and so success is sometimes is often very internal as opposed to external. And so it's like, okay, are you proud of the run that you put in? If you decide to quit during that race, are you comfortable with that decision? Even looking back at it now, or are you like, okay, I did this stuff wrong leading up to it. And so, and if you're like, yeah, that was a bad decision. I should have finished or yeah, I finished in this time. I really could have finished in this time. Well, what leading up to that, you know, again, what can you learn from? And if you can learn from and apply those next time, then that's that success from that failure. Um, and that's how I would frame it um, for them. So, yeah, even, even, um, you know, sometimes you've got to get in uncharted territory and, you know, it's like when it, when it gets hard, know that you've, you've been there before you have that experience and working through, because that's what we hear a lot is, and it's the truth It's it's problem solving on the course, because, you know, there's that old Mike Tyson saying, and I love it. I think it's great for, um, you know, for running everybody's got a plan. So you get punched in the mouth. And so, you know, in a run, you get punched in the mouth and it could be the first time you've ever thrown up and throw up continuously and have dry heaves. And can you come out of that? Absolutely. You can come out of it, but you know, if you just quit, you know, and there's, there's this question, I mentioned it, I think one of our other interviews that, and I thought it was a great question that I heard. I, he was actually a Navy SEAL that was doing some training. And he said, you know, you need to have the conversation with your crew and yourself beforehand and make a list of, of the reasons or the circumstances under which you're going to quit. And, and if you make that list beforehand, you'd look at it, that list and go, well, a bone coming out of the skin, I would probably quit. But are you going to put a blister on that list? No way. Are you going to put vomit on that list? Probably not. I mean, so, but when you're out there, you're like trying to figure out, like, is there a reason <laughs> I can maybe figure out how to do it? But so often, you know, the few that I've had have not been good that I finished anyways. Uh, those are some of the most memorable that I've had rather than those that I nailed right from the beginning. You know? Yeah. 
And so that's, that's a, that's a big, and I you really want to say for the, you want to talk about the failure. And if you do enough of this stuff, you're going to have one, you're going to have one, you're going to have two, you're probably going to have multiple. It's because you're reaching out and taking on big, hairy, audacious goals, and you're not going to nail every one of them. And that's okay. You'll learn something and you'll move on from it. Yep. So we have, um, because sometimes we have it too. People say, well, I'm going to see how my training goes. And you, you tell me how this happens too. And you, you kind of, I'm sure you have most of your runners probably come to you and they have a goal in mind. They don't have a non-goal in mind and say, well, I'm just going to train and see what I'm ready for. That's not the way it works. Right. So you have to start with something and work the way back. How do you counsel them in, in, in doing that? Or because I hear it too. It's like, well, I'll, I'd like to run, but I'm going to see how my training goes. And I said, it ain't going to go. You got to, you know, the sight of the gallow tends to focus the mind. So put it on your schedule and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, you know, generally I just do have them pick something. Um, I like for people to pick something. If it's going to be a big challenge that they are really drawn to like, okay, this one appeals to me. And um, you know, we, we work from there and then you, you can put training races on there and stuff and, and know that that we might, we might drop the training race off and do another training run if it can be more beneficial because um, sometimes the consistent training is better than a big race as far as the uh, overall picture. But yeah, you know, I think, and that's why I think racing is good. And if not racing, um, I'm, I'm inspired by the people I've gotten to work with. And one of my favorites was one who had a hundred mile race on the books. It was her first hundred and it got canceled due to COVID. And she went out and hit the creeper trail and ran her own hundred miles. I was wow. like, nice work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Power to you. Um, another runner that I worked with, and he um has gone up and down every single trail to Mount Leconte. So up to Mount Leconte, back down to Mount Leconte, up Leconte, and he just did that on his own. That's another one. I'm like, man, you know, I, I probably need a race to get me motivated to put in that, that kind of training really. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, whatever motivates you, if you can really say, I, this is what I want to do and put in the training, but yeah, you, you need to have a, you need to have a focus. And, and I think, like you said, with ultras, so much of it is mental that the more you've done the, the less you need to get that, those really big mileage, you know, for the, for the ultras, because once you've trained through that, it's just, you you don't need to keep doing it. Um, so. And I think that's true, especially when you get for, you know, for most of most people that I'm sure you deal with and that are going to be at our race too, are, you know, the professional adults and they've got, you know, full-time jobs and families and other things. And so, you know, it's, it's fitting this into that, not the other way around, not fitting your lives into your training. And the training is a number one and everything else sacrifices because that will destroy your family and relationships. And, and so, and so we just talked to a friend the other morning and said, look, I'm, I'm kind of pointing out, I just, I do what I can and I do the best with what I, with what I can do. It's a lot going on and it's all worthwhile. It's all worthwhile. It's not like a, you know, regret, resent any of it. It's just where we are in life. And that's an important part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, you know, there's, like I said, there's been times when I have, have uh, definitely given up a lot, uh, sacrificed a lot as far as family. When I was training for no business, um, I did Western States, did not have a great run there, was my first hundred, and I was super motivated for no business. And and I hit 90 to 100 mile weeks a couple of times, which for me is super high, um, Mm -hmm. very high. And I'll tell you, three nights a week, I was out, I would put my kids to bed and I would go out and hit the trails at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night because I I could get the 40 mile a week, you know, fit that into the training, but I couldn't get that last bunch of miles that I needed to. So it was at night and I was exhausted. Um, but it was a short period was super motivated, super focused, but I also know that's not sustainable. And do I want to do that again right now? No. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's knowing that there's gotta be sacrifices. You cannot do it all. And, and like you said, with ultra runners, so many are so driven. And I feel like most of the time as a coach, my job is to 
tell them to do less. Um, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Less, right on. More quality and just, yeah, just do less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's, that's one of the harder things to get across and then how beneficial running easy is for you for fat burning for, you know, um, all the endurance and building mitochondria that comes from that. It's like trying to convince people to run easy and keep it aerobic is, is one of the tougher challenges. And it's, you know, but eventually when you kind of show people what that looks like, once they get it and you're like, not only, I remember it was an epiphany for me when I went through my coaching certification in 2009 and they were talking about how, how, how much better it is for you. And I was like, really? Cause I don't like running hard. I like running easy. This fits me and made big progress in the years. Cause I'd run my first Highland sky and I went back the next year and I cut an hour off the time. I went back the year after that, cut another hour off the time because I was kind of changed the way the perspective on training. And um, that's always say, if there's one secret to running, I can share it's run easy, you know, keep it easy and enjoyable and get the miles and enjoy them. Yeah. Best thing you can do. Yeah. So you've run several stage races. So what do you, what do you like about the stage races? And we talked about West Virginia trilogy. I mean, what's your experience with those? Cause I, I think they're fantastic too, especially ours. I love stage races. Um, I am always fighting GI issues personally as a runner. And, you know, I know you're supposed to, exp- anyway, it's something I've never nailed down. Um, and so for me, a stage race is so, well, it's more beneficial for me. Um, and I also, I just love them. Like I can recover, I can come back, I can get food in me, let my stomach settle. And um, I tend to feel really good when I go out the next day. And so I think kind of, instead of doing a hundred straight through, you know, it's just, um, so running every morning, I feel a little fresh. Well, about 10 miles in, I'll feel fresh. <laughs> it takes yeah. a while for me to get moving, but, um, and then of course the community, so much of running, um, is an individual sport. You know, I spend a lot of time by myself. Um, and then you have a stage race and it's like, even if you're introverted, like I tend to be, you're kind of forced to be a part of that community. And I, and I like that. I like that time with the other runners. You don't have people just leaving afterwards. Everybody's kind of um, hanging out. And I, I just like everything about it. I think it's, it's easier on me, like I said, physically and most people. And then as far as training, it's a huge training benefit as opposed to one huge, um, you know, huge go of mileage to kind of spread it out like that. So I like everything about them. They're, they're just, they're just fun. You know, you get out on different trail systems, Chattanooga stage races. You're on three of the main mountains in Chattanooga. And yeah, I, I think they're, they're great. Well, you have to add West Virginia trilogy to your list. It is um, I, I've done I, it several times and it is, it is an unbelievably great experience and absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm planning to do it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I think one of the things after I did, I did trilogy the first time in 2015, tried my first hundred mile of the year after, because it gave me the confidence. Like, well, I think if I can do that, I can do a hundred miles, but it's, oh my gosh, are they different? You know, it's because at the end of the day, even on 50 miles, you get to go to bed. And, and that is the part you get to eat, drink, go to bed, rest up. And, and most importantly, your mind gets that break. And, you know, when you're up for 24 hours plus, it is a whole different ball game. I would do two stage races before I did one hundred mile. You know, so different. Yeah, they they really are, and that's um, you know I I haven't done a hundred in a couple of years, and and it's just I don't I have to say I don't love the hundred mile distance actually because it's such for me I do like the the daily training and a hundred miles, you know, I know that's going to be at least a month when you figure in the taper and the recovery and everything that it's not going to get to be out there regularly. And man, it's hard on your body. A hard hundred is, is, is hard. At least for me, it's hard for me to recover from. I just, it's a, it's exhausting in a way that a stage race is not, you know, I'll feel good within a week or two um, after that. So yeah, yeah, they they are very different. Well, so, and then we talked about the 100K. You love the 100K. I love the 100K. I think it is an unbelievably great distance because it is hard. It is long. You can go through the ups and downs, but at the end of the day, you go to bed and you're done 15, 16. We had some people finishing 20 and 21 hours. That was a longer day for them. It was a 24 hour day for us. 
running the thing. But, you know, if you do that, it's it's a good, you know, 12, 14, 15 hour day, but you get to go to bed and you have that light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. 50 mile to 100 K is my favorite distance. You still get to do that. Oh, I get to run all day long today, but then I'm going to hit a bed. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, you know, it's kind of like at mile 40, you go, you know, in in our race, you can pick up a pacer at mile 40, have somebody with you for those last two loops. And at that point, you're kind of smelling the barn, you know, which Mm -hmm. is which is a nice part about it, too. And so with that, it's kind of like, you know, thinking about this when I originally had the idea and we have a fantastic team that has pulled this thing off. But it's like we don't we didn't have 100K in West Virginia. We do have another one now is starting the first year at Falling Water of New River Gorge, our friend Ron Baker and Rimda River. And so it's going to be good, too. And it's a loop course as well. But I love the 100K and I love loops and we're bringing them both together. So your experience with loops has been good, too. Yeah, I have not done a lot of loops. I generally, I generally, um, I think a black toe is really the one only one I've done twice. So, you know, it's just a different kind of race. Um, I think it allows you, I, I tell runners that are, that are training for something that a loop can be really good because you have such regular aid stations, you know, it's easy to kind of dial in your nutrition and it's easier to, um, it's easier to kind of, just stay even as far as your pacing. Cause you know what, you know what to expect. You know, if it's on a course you, you have never run, you know, it's easy to kind of go out too hard or go out too, e- too easy in the loop course is, is kind of a mental reset every time. But I also think that it can be a little tempting if you're struggling to come back to where you can drop oh, sure. out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like every time you have to make that decision to start over again. And, you know, if you're feeling down, it can be easy to be like, eh, car's right here. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You know, last year we had, we had a few people that, you know, when they would come in, they, they would all have to, I'd see them all and they'd have to see me and, and a few people I couldn't talk at them, but one in particular, um, man, you know, she had sent a message to her crew saying, you know, get, get the, um, get my clothes ready, get the food ready. This is what I want. I'm dropping. And, and they told me, I was like, no way, no way. Do not, do not get any of that ready for her. She only had one loop left to go. And, and so we, we ended up, we ended up getting her back out there. Um, but it was, it was awful tempting. I mean, it was just like, we're not taking no for an answer. And, and she had this great line. In fact, I was looking through some stuff the other day. She was so funny. Her name's Courtney. And she had the stream of consciousness afterwards. And she just sat and talked and talked and caught. And we laughed and laughed. It was, she was so excited, so happy that she finished. And I'll come back to that in a second. But she said, I didn't. And I said, you know, this, you came out to finish. She said, I didn't, I signed up to try. I didn't sign up to finish. And I said, that's not the answer. You cannot, you can't do it that way. You have to sign up to finish. Doesn't happen. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you can't just sign up to try. You will find way too many excuses to bow out. Yeah. 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 You know, the, and the loop thinking about crew like that, the, the loop does make it so much more enjoyable to crew because, you know, a, a point to point or something, it's like, my husband's like, you know, I see you leave. And then 10 hours later, yeah. you come running out of the woods kind of thing. So uh, I think that this will be more fun for him to be in one spot, you know, not have to hurry up and drive to the next aid station, then hang out and you can't really sleep because you don't know when your runner is going to come through. And so, yeah. yeah, it's way more predictable. So what we saw with it too, is that, you know, you, you come through and everybody relax and then you'd see like crews, family crews kind of hanging out together and ended up cheering for each other's runners and getting to know each other. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like holding hands and singing Kumbaya. I mean, it was just a great, but you know, our community is like that. Ultra runners are like that. And that's why we do the races. Like, you know, the lady that did the hundred miler. I mean, great for her. And that's wonderful motivation, internal motivation. But part of the reason we do this is because we can do it in community. We, we put our best selves forward and other people get to see it as profitable moments, best done with friends and family and in community where other people can share it with you, which makes this stuff so what makes it so wonderfully good. And it is so hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So <laughs> that's, that's the, the fun part. And so I'm excited. You know, we're excited to have this and excited to have, have you and your family there to experience it too. I'm looking forward to it. Anything else from your, your experience and your runs and 
um, that you wanted to kind of share with, with again, our millions of fans and followers out there that are going to be watching this, <laughs> this interview? No, I don't think so. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's spring and, uh, it's easy to, it's easy to put in more miles when the weather's pretty, but hopefully, you know, you've been training through the winter too, because again, I think that comes as much to, to mental toughness. And I'll tell you, I do not love cold weather. So it's, it's a challenge for me, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that is a, we hear that a lot, but it's gotten to be, I would take, I'd take winter over summer any day. <laughs> oh, I don't day. know. <laughs> we have this humidity here in these valleys. It's tough. You're probably like that in Knoxville too, which by the way, I think it's probably only about a three and a half hour drive for you to get here. Cause we're about two and a half from Lexington. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. yeah. Half, but I think it's going to be like four hours. I'm actually a little town North of Knoxville, but uh, okay. yeah, I think uh I think when I did Highland Sky, that was a haul, but uh, it was. Yeah. It's not going yeah. to be a Yeah, because it's three and a half hours from here to get to get to Highlands. It's not an easy drive to get there, but it's it's worth it. So much fun. Yeah. That's another one where people are just hanging out and having a great time for the weekend and Father's Day weekend. So everybody brings their families and things too. So <laughs> it'll be great. Well, I tell you, I'm 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 happy to meet you. Um, impressed by all that you've done with again being a tough mother runner raising raising kids that love running is impressive doing it with your husband and your family and have the accomplishments we're honored to have you come into the hurricane 100k and know that you and your family we're gonna do our very best to welcome you and to make you feel welcomed appreciated and loved that is our goal for every runner that comes here is to show off our trails and show off our community and make you glad that you're here and then hopefully want to come back to the Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, again, out there, everybody, Hurricane 100K, September 9th, 2023. Join us on behalf of our events team of Ashley, Brandon, Hager, Stewart, Robert, Vanessa, my name's Matt Young, and we will see you out there.